Good morning, church. I pray that you had a great weekend, that you're ready for this week, and you're ready to, to hear a word, because I'm ready to give one. Um, but before I, I do that, um, I just want to take a minute, and I want us to, to begin this praying for those affected with COVID um, here in, in our city in Lubbock. Of course, we've seen the number of cases rises, and um, there's the thing that if we hit seven days in a row of having a certain percentage at the hospitals exceed where it needs to be, that we could be shut down. And so more than likely, we're going to be shut down for a while as this kind of gets under control. And I've come across a lot of people that have been affected by this, and they're still going through this. Um, family members, friends, and so, you know, thankfully, you know, personally, myself and my family haven't been, but I pray that yours hasn't either. Um, but anyway, I, I wanted just to start us off praying for that, um, man, because it's it's tough. And I think as we enter these final two months of the year, as we're in this flu season, um, you know, and all these things going on in the air, it already compromises our systems. So I just want us to pray protection over each other, um, but also not be afraid or be living timid, um, but be living by the wisdom given through God, uh, having to navigate through all this. So let me pray, and then we'll jump into the Word today. Father, we just come to you um, lifting up those... Um, who physically are affected by COVID, Father, we pray that you would stretch out your healing hands, Jesus, that you would bring restoration to their bodies. Uh, Father, if they're in the hospital, we pray for a miraculous turnaround, that they would be able to walk out of those gates and return home, Lord. And if they're at home battling this, Lord, uh, we just pray uh, that you would just help them, uh, man, just find peace and comfort of knowing that you're there with them and that you're walking hand in hand with all of us through this. And so, Father, I just pray uh, for protection over my brothers and sisters and ourselves, um, that you will continue to, um, man, just cover us, uh, man, with with your protection um, to keep us from this, Lord. Um, but if we do find ourselves in that position, Lord, I, I do pray, uh, man, that we would have your strength and we would just fight through it, Lord, and that you would be glorified. And so, Father, just continue to be with all of us in these times. Um, I pray that, uh, Holy Spirit, you would speak to us through your word today, that it would pierce our hearts, and, uh, man, we would just be excited um, to, to know that no matter what we go through in this life, uh, you are always there, and you are always going to walk with us. And so, just walk with us this, this morning, and just continue to guide our steps, and may you um, get all the praise. We love you, and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So as uh, I was preparing for this and today, and you know we're getting ready to the end of the month, um, it made me start thinking about, particularly from what I was reading about when I was younger and I was growing up, I was a huge wrestling fan. Okay, I'm talking about you know, I had all the action figures, I had the ring, I even had a cassette tape that I recorded, you know, their music for the entrance when I was playing with them. I loved it. I was like, man, these dudes are talking mess to each other and then they get to go fight and you know it just looked like glamorous and I just loved everything about it and as I grew older I realized that it was written that it wasn't real it wasn't what it seemed to be basically it was just another tv show and that's heartbreaking whenever you find something that you've seen for so long that you thought was real to be actually not what it is um but I also think about in the terms of just this life that we live there's constantly things in front of us 
And after a while of seeing the same things repetitively, we could find ourselves, man, just immersed in it where we believe that what we see is real when the truth is it's fake. And so, um, man, I just pray that we would cling to the word of God, that we would stay immersed in prayer, that we would be committed to living a life of obedience and following the Holy Spirit so we can navigate through the lies with the truth. And so today's message is called Walk It Like He Talks It. Okay, walk it like he talks it, like Jesus talks it, like God talks it, like the Holy Spirit talks it. We want to walk it out. And we're going to be in John chapter 4. We're going to be at the end of this chapter at verses 46 through 54. And of course, I'll have uh, the verses on the screen. So let's 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 walk it out. Let's let's jump in. It says, as he turned through Galilee, he came to Cana, where he had turned water into wine. There was a government official in nearby Capernaum whose son was very sick. When he heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went and begged Jesus to come to Capernaum to heal his son, who was about to die. Jesus asked, Will you never believe me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? The official pleaded, Lord, please come now before my little boy dies. Then Jesus told him, Go back home. Your son will live. And the man believed what Jesus said and started home. While the man was on his way, some of his servants met with him with the news that his son was alive and well. He asked them when the boy had begun to get better, and they replied, Yesterday afternoon at one o'clock, his fever suddenly disappeared. Then the father realized that this was the very time Jesus had told him, Your son will live. And he and his entire household believed in Jesus. This was the second miraculous sign Jesus did in Galilee after coming from Judea. Mm. Church, brother, sister, if you're in the need of deliverance, you're in the need of healing, man, I pray that this story is going to bless you today, okay? I pray that it blesses all of us. And it all starts with this truth. We have to go to Jesus. We have to go to Jesus. You're probably like, duh, I know that already. See, but there's the thing. Knowing and doing aren't the same. And you notice, it ain't the same. When life gets tough, are you going to Jesus? When life is going good, are you going to Jesus? When life is insignificant, ain't much happening, are you still going to Jesus? See, church, when we are not constantly and steady going to Jesus, that means we're probably going to the wrong places. Ecclesiastics chapter 10 says this in verse 2 and 3. A wise person chooses the right road. A fool takes the wrong one. You can identify fools just by the way they walk down the street. Mm. Can somebody identify you by the way that you walk? I think we'd all agree we want to be wise, right? We don't want to be the fool. But sometimes we are. Let's be real. Sometimes we are the fool. Sometimes we go to the wrong places and end up with the same faces. We get that caca face that, uh, everyone sees it. They're like, man, what are they doing? They know that's no good for them. They know they shouldn't go there. And instead, they go back to a place that's never been good to them to begin with. For me, I was the poster child of that. That was me, okay? Every time something was going real bad and before I had a relationship with Jesus... 
I'll run to, you know, smoking weed or drinking. I'll run to women. I'll run to friends with bad advice. And then I met Jesus. Then I was saved. Then I learned about Jesus. Then I learned the things he was telling me. I knew he was good. I knew he was available. And even now and even then, there would still be moments where things would happen. And instead of running to Jesus, I'd be like, you know what? Let me take care of this. And then I'll swing by later and go and go holler at him. I'll check him out then. Have you ever been there? You've had that attitude? That I'll swing by later, that I'll talk to him later attitude? Church, that's, that is a bad attitude to have. Okay, That's bad things to, to follow. Because what's going to happen is you're going to be adding unneeded problems to the ones that you already have. I don't know how many times uh, in the moment I knew I should run to Jesus, but instead I try to handle it myself. And then later on, when I finally go and talk to Jesus and I finally go to God, and I'm in a bigger hole than the one I begin with. Dumb. It's stupid. All that stuff could be avoided. We got to do better, church. Check out what the official did. In John 4, 47, it says, When he heard that Jesus had came from Judea to Galilee, he went and begged Jesus to come to Capernaum to heal his son who was about to die. We need to respond like this official, not waiting to see if Jesus is going to make an appearance and show up. He was in a whole different town. He didn't wait and say, man, you know what? I really hope Jesus is going to come by today because, man, can I use him? Nah, church, what did it say? It said he heard. He said, oh, man, I heard Jesus over there. Boom, he took off. He said, well, I got to go over there. We got to be like that, church. And what else happened? When he arrived and he finally met Jesus, how did he approach Jesus? Because that's key, too. Not only we got to go straight to him, not going to go later, but go straight to him. It's, it's key of how we approach Jesus. I think too often we act like he works for us. But what did the official did? It said that he begged, that he pleaded with Jesus. So he humbled himself earnestly seeking him. He understood who he was talking to. Sometimes we get it messed up. We act like Jesus is our servant. We snapping our fingers, want him to do what we want. He gave his life for us. He don't deserve, he don't owe us nothing. And everything that he gives us, we don't deserve. So when we approach him, when we go to him, we need to check how we're coming. Because we don't deserve what he serves. Be humble. Be gentle. Be grateful. Be earnest. Remember, he's not a genie. And we not Aladdin. Amen. <laughs> So let's go to him, but let's also come correct. Here's the next thing. Believing takes more than seeing. Believing takes more than seeing. Because I reminisce on my early days, right? Growing up, like I was telling you about the wrestling. Uh, one thing that was always kind of passed down to me is seeing is believing. Maybe you could relate to that, right? That people are always going to tell you things, but watch what, what they do more than what they say. Because a lot of times, it's not going to match up. And being the jacked up people that we all are, we know that there's been times that we've said something and we haven't always followed through what we said. Or we've had people do the same thing, right? And so I think we can make a mistake of viewing Jesus in the same light. But we got to understand who we're talking to, okay? He's not the same like me and you. He's not a messed up person like us, right? Who is he? He's the son of God. He is God himself. He's the one that gave his life 
so we can gain a life, okay? So his words, they're going to carry a different weight than mine or yours. They're not equal. They're not close to the same. And so when we mess up and we view Jesus the same as, as anybody else, what we're really doing is shortchanging who he really is and also how much faith we actually have into him. I mean, the passage we just read about this official, it didn't say that he had a relationship with Jesus. All it said was that he heard. And apparently he knew enough about Jesus that he knew if he could get Jesus in the same room with his son, that his son had a chance to be healed. And so he was he was with that, right? He was like, man, I got I to gotta meet this guy. I got to go get him and I got to bring him back. That's how much uh, belief he had. But he also knew that if he had him in the room, then maybe he could see the, the miracle happen. And we see what Jesus told him, right? Verse 48, it says, Jesus asked, will you never believe me unless you see the miraculous signs and wonders? So believing takes more than seeing. If we were waiting to see Jesus move in the miraculous and signs ways, then we've already missed the ways that he's been moving. He's been moving in our life. He's been doing work. I mean, if you up this morning, that is a sign of it. If you make it to school and to work on time, that is a sign of it. You still got good health today. Man, that is a sign of it, that he's constantly still working. Because there's people that didn't wake up today. Just like we talked at the beginning, man, this COVID has been taking people out. So before we see Jesus move through the signs and the miracles, uh, we should be in awe from what he's already shown us. And if we aren't, then maybe the faith that we speak of is in him, that we speak of, that we have in him, is more like the official versus what we think we have. Second Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we live by believing, not by seeing. We live by believing, not by seeing. You probably heard it say, walk by faith, not by sight. Walk by faith, not by sight. You're probably like, man, I live by that. That's me right there. But check this out. If you are focusing on the miracles and the wonders instead of living or walking, then what you're really saying is you have to see to believe. You have show me faith. Lord, I've heard about you and I know you're capable of these things. I've heard of how you've done it for other people. But show me. Show me you're real. Show me you're listening. Show me that you really hear my prayers. Show me that you really love me, that you really care. Show me I can trust you. You hear those two words? Show me. Church, I hate to break it to you, but the show ain't about you. Never has been. It's about him. Okay? And we not him. We not Jesus. I ain't ever turned water into wine. I've turned water into some dirty water, okay? So don't wait for the miracle to start believing. Live believing Jesus. And the fact that he gave his life for you is the miracle that can't top what you see from him going forward. Amen? Believing takes more than seeing. Third thing, what Jesus speaks happens. Mm. What Jesus speaks happens. Have you ever heard God tell you something just plain and simple, but still it, it kind of went over your head? Like you're waiting for more. You're like, hold up, that it? That's how you was going to say it? Like that don't, that don't say much. That don't make much sense. You feel like he's left something out or at least could have elaborated more, right? Check out what Jesus told the, the official after he had already asked him the second time to go heal his son. Verse 50 said, then Jesus told him, go back home. Your son will live. 
That's all he said. And then the man believed what Jesus said and started home. So Jesus gave him two sentences. Go back home. Your son will live. I'm not going to lie. I probably would have been staring at Jesus like, cool. What else? That's it? That's all you going to say? But Jesus answered his request. So what else was needed to be said? I'll say this because us as people, we like to overcomplicate things, right? The more simple it is, the more we're looking like, hold up, what are we missing? There's got to be more to it. But church, take God for his word. Don't overthink it. Don't try to stretch it out or don't try to add things. Um, just take it. Accept it. Run with it. Stand on it. Because the more that you mess with it, uh, man, what's going to happen is going to take you away from what the truth was. And you're going to be overanalyzing it and you're going to get yourself into some trouble. So stop yourself right now. Stop it. Because check out what happened. Verse 51 through 53 says, While the man was on his way, some of his servants met him with the news that his son was alive and well. He asked them when the boy had begun to get better. And they replied, Yesterday afternoon at 1 o'clock, his fever suddenly disappeared. Then the father realized that this was the very time that Jesus had told him, Your son will live. And he and his entire household believed in, believed in, believed in Jesus. I can't even say it. Well, praise God, right? Because Jesus is a man of his word. Mm. And there's no beating around the bush. There's no unsure if Jesus is going to come through. Um, he's going to do exactly what he says. And after hearing him speak, our response should always be like, okay, that's it. That's all I need to hear, right? What did the official do? Jesus told him the second time. It said he believed and started walking. He went back. That's how we need to be. We're going to read his promise. It tells us something. God speaks to us. Whatever the case may be, take God for his word. Believe it. Because when you proclaim the God, the word of God in your life, what you're doing is you're speaking his word into reality, church. Mm. He's a man of his word. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 19 says, For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. He is the one who Silas, Timothy, and I preach to you, and as good as God's ultimate yes, he always does what he says. Let me say the last part again. He always does what he says. He's a man of his word, church. There's no wavering. There's no change in his mind. So when you read the word of God and you're blown away, like, man, dang, God's promising me these things. He's commanding these things. He's declaring these things in my life. It's true. It's unwavering. That being in a covenant with him is going to unlock so much inside of you through him. It's going to allow you to experience all of him. So stand on the church. Because when you build on him, there's no cracks on that foundation. And then the things that you come across you in life, you'll be able to withstand. So my challenge for us this work, this, this work, this week is to walk boldly. Walk boldly, church. Walk it like he talks it, remember? Walk boldly. So how do you do that? Well, the first thing we got to do is go run into him. We got to run to Jesus. He can't be last. He can't be later. Not when it's more convenient. It's got to be the first person. First person we talk to. First call we make. First place that we visit. He got to come first. We got to go to him first. And then we got to believe. We can't get caught up in what's in front of us, with what we see in our sight. We can't get caught up in what somebody else is telling us. 
Remember, he's going to speak it like it is. We have to believe. So we have to live believing. Believing, okay? Right? Takes more than what you're seeing. You got to be believing before then. And then we got to be proclaiming it. Not overthinking it. Not trying to add things. But we need to be speaking knowing that it's been spoken over us. That it has no delay. And when it arrives, it will come in the way that is best for us. Because he sees the bigger picture. So let's walk boldly in the confidence of who he is and who's the one speaking over us. And who's the one speaking in us. And who's the one working in us. And who's the one working around us. And who's the one working ahead of us. Man, church, walk boldly. Walk boldly this week. Let me pray. Mm, Father, it's comforting to know, man, just the things that you allow us to possess because of you and your love for us and this grace that you pour out on us. Father, we're a wreck. We are a hot mess all the time. But still, you say, come here, have a seat. Let's talk about it. Father, help us run to you first, not just when things are going bad, but may you be the first person that we want to speak to of all things, of the good, of the bad, of the indifference, that you would be our best friend. Help us live as people uh, that don't need you to show us anything, that we walk by faith, that we don't allow the circumstances surrounding us we don't allow the things that arise to rile us up because we know the truth. And so let us use your truth to navigate through the waters and help us be the people you designed us to be. People of great faith. People who walk boldly. People who glorify your name. People who look around as an opportunity to be an extension of your love. Father, help us with that this week. Help us do your will. Help us proclaim your word, knowing that what you say is true, and help us cling to it, build upon it, and stand on it. Father, we love you. Be with my brothers and sisters this week. Pour out a double portion of your spirit on all of us, and may you get all the honor and glory. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, church, I love y'all. I pray this blessed you. I pray that you walk fiercely this week, no matter what it looks like. I know we got crazy weather coming. Man, we got a God that is so faithful, that is so good, that it don't matter what's thrown at us, we can walk right through it. I love y'all. Y'all have a great week. God bless.